Welcome to the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host, Israel Smith, and I'm here to share conversations with you about what it means to illuminate our own lives, to be comfortable in our vulnerability, to truly love and value ourselves, and then to be able to use that to light up our own life and shine that light with the people we love and care about the most. This is going to be messy, it's going to be vulnerable, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Welcome. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Illuminating Lives podcast. It's Israel and we are on Thrive Bonuses. If you've been following along with my Thrive methodology since the beginning of this year, um, by now you will have gone right through all of what I call my self-care non-negotiables. So first of all, in the very first episode, I talk about what is thriving really about? What does that mean to me? And then beyond that, I speak about the seven key steps that I have found personally I must have in my life and I encourage you to have in your life to bring you to your best version of yourself on the regular. So just to recap, good sleep, number one. Number two, good food, mindfulness, gratitude, movement, connection, and brave conversations. Now, All of those things are really important to have in our day-to-day so that we can be our best. And primarily that's for us, but it's also for those of you who haven't quite ventured into feeling like it's something you can really claim for yourself, by all means, claim that for the people in your life. How do you want to show up for your partner, for your romantic partner? How do you want to show up for your children if you have some? How do you want to show up for your colleagues at work or for the mission that you personally might be on if you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur? Regardless of what your motivation is, I firmly believe that these Thrive Steps are the simplest way for us to get on path, for us to become aligned and for us to be our best. So we've gone through all the non-negotiables, non-negotiables, my goodness, non-negotiables. Here's the thing. These are a set of habits. They're a set of structures. And we can have all of these in place and life will still chuck a curveball. Sometimes we still get the odd slap in the chops from life. So then what? What do we do if we've got all of these things in place and we still find ourselves really struggling or if there are certain things that still kind of catch us out? Here's where the bottom half of my Thrive List template comes into play. These are like in-the-moment cheat sheets, little guides, little go-tos, actions that we can take, things we can participate in, reminders of who we are and what we're here for. The four headings I have at the bottom of this sheet, and if you don't have this already and you have no idea what I'm looking for, please jump over to my website, israelsmith forward slash thrive, sorry, israelsmith.com forward slash thrive. Chuck in your email address and you'll get a PDF template of everything I'm talking about right now. The four new headings, we're going to cover two of them in this episode and then two in the final episode on the series. The first two are certainty anchors and mood boosters. And then in the final episode in this series, we're going to be covering commitments and boundaries. And that's going to be a meaty one. Not to say certainty anchors and mood boosters aren't also meaty, but they're a little easier to grasp and certainly, in my experience, a little easier to put into practice. So let's get stuck in. So what is a certainty anchor? 
Well, a certainty anchor is an anchor, something that can anchor us or ground us or give us a sense of place or stability or, or robustness in our day that helps us feel certainty. Let's be honest, life is uncertain inherently. All right, we really never know. We can't predict the future. We never know what's going to happen day to day. I'm in northern New South Wales, not quite as far north as where all of the really intense flooding has been, but I can tell you I've been watching the weather charts. Man, the weather is probably our best example of how uncertain things can be day to day. We can literally wake up one morning and we're predicting sunshine and it turns into rain. The people in far northern New South Wales have just gone through some, some tremendous and traumatic flooding. Those folks would have probably imagined that it would be a long time before the next flood event happens. And yet here we are on the cusp of potentially another one. The future is unwritten. Therefore, it is uncertain. We can't predict it. Life is like that all the time. But there are, like, it, but I mean, the reality is as a human, it's actually quite frustrating and very scary and very paralyzing for a lot of us to think about and to live in that tide of uncertainty all the time. So, in the face of profound uncertainty, first of all, those first seven steps, those thrive steps to help us be our best. And then, second of all, putting anchors in place, dropping little safety lines to things that are known, to things that are reliable. And that's what a certainty anchor is. It's like a a process or a practice, something we can do that helps us feel that sense of comfort and that sense of certainty in our day. So, you know, this comes from a book by a man called Jonathan Fields. And the book is in fact called Uncertainty. And it is a huge deep dive. It's an exploration in all of the ways that we as humans, but specifically his book focuses on the lens of creatives and artists. We dance with uncertainty all the time. And in fact, for a lot of people, particularly in the creative arts field, they seek out or we seek out uncertainty because it helps us feel alive. It helps stimulate our creativity even further. And it in fact, it gives us something to grapple with that we can then use in our art, in our work. So this whole chapter on certainty anchors, he goes into a lot of things. Now, a lot of religious practices and, and rituals, spiritual practices have elements of this certainty anchor idea in them. They are known. They are reliable. They are things we can repeat, practices that perhaps involve some physical, some mental, some emotional, some spiritual kind of elements in them. So, for example, praying the rosary, if you've come from a Catholic or a Christian background, you'll understand what that means. Um, I'm not really familiar with very many other faiths, so I won't try to speculate, but I'm sure whatever faith you belong to, I was raised Christian, so I'm intimately familiar with that. Whatever faith you belong to, there are going to be rituals and practices that you participate in on a, a daily or a weekly basis that help you feel grounded and centered. And it's in fact quite soothing and calming to our nervous system, to our emotions. There's a, a consistency element. So these things really come into their own when we, when we look at 
how frequently we do them, the intention behind what we do and, and the consistency. But I guess importantly, we can make them up. So for me, a certainty anchor of mine is the ritual of making an espresso coffee. I recently invested in quite a fancy pants coffee machine that requires me to measure out to the gram or to the half gram how many beans I want to put in the coffee grinder. It requires me to grind them. I go through a specific process to make sure all the coffee grounds are nice and evenly distributed and they're not clumped and they're not grouped and smooshed up. And then I go through the tamping and I run it and I fill the water. And honestly, I could talk to you for hours about everything I've learned about that. But the point is that that practice of making myself a really nice espresso or a really great long black. For those of you in continental US, a long black is equivalent to an Americano. Those practices or that that particular practice is almost at the level of ritual for me. And then I sit down with my coffee and I read a self-development or a growth book, some material that's going to help me think and expand my worldview and perhaps learn some new tools to be a better coach, to be a better leader and to be a better person. Those sorts of things bring me comfort. They bring me certainty. They bring me a sense of no matter what else is going on in the world, I can do that. My meditation practice has become a certainty anchor of mine to the point that when I settle into my seated position, I don't do the lotus cross-legged thing. My hips have other ideas, but I just sit in my office chair or in our lounge chair propped up so I'm quite upright. But when I put my headphones in and I start the music that is part of my specific practice, I feel my whole body begin to sort of relax and and loosen, you know, the the sense of certainty that comes from a repetitive, reliable, known ritual or routine is quite profound. So I encourage you to think about what are some ways you can incorporate certainty anchors in your life. What are some of the things that you can elevate to a ritual practice and then repeat them. Perhaps it's just as simple as taking a shower, but in a very intentional way. Perhaps it is sitting in nature for a little while. Perhaps it is, like I do, brewing your favorite drink and taking care and time and intentionality and focus with it. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's a phone call with someone you love. Whatever it is, whatever brings you a sense of certainty is going to be helpful because although our Thrive list non-negotiables, those seven elements that I've spent a lot of time on, although they are really powerful and they add together in a compounding kind of way to really help us be absolutely our best, certainty anchors, if you, if you take the approach that you know a ship in harbour or even out in the open sea, can be anchored to a specific point. No matter what the weather is doing, no matter how still or how tumultuous the water, the anchor will hold it in place. That's really what we're going for. Okay, so that's certainty anchors. So what what can you think of from that? What rituals, routines can soothe you and help you feel comfort in disruptive and profoundly uncertain times? Now, moving on to mood boosters, I want to sort of preface this section 
by saying that one of the primary questions that I ask myself is two. One of the primary questions I ask myself is, how do I want to feel? And in fact, that question is kind of like a catch-all across all of my self-care non-negotiables, all of these elements of this Thrive list. I want to feel peace. I want to feel healthy and well. I want to feel wealthy. And I want to feel connected. Those things are my highest values, well-being, wealth, and connection. And well-being to me is, is a, a broad piece. It's about feeling peaceful, feeling like I am healthy, feeling like my mind is at rest and I have the ability to be creative. You know, connection, I want to feel like I'm a part of a community. I want to feel like I can interact with other humans on the regular. And wealthy, I want to feel that I have abundance in my life. Now, that's not just financial resources, although that's part of it. How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? Important note here, this is not about how are you allowed to feel or how is it okay to feel once everybody else is taken care of. This is literally first principles. Put yourself first here. How do you want to feel? Because my premise here is that how we feel in our moments adds up to how we feel in our hours and ultimately how we feel in our days. And if we feel peaceful or happy or energized or vital or grounded or whatever it is in your particular case, the more of your day you spend feeling that way, the more of your life you will associate with that sense and that feeling. So it is really on the one hand, a place to work to, but it's also a place to work from. Those, that question, how do I want to feel, is a principal one that sort of overarches all of these elements I've been talking about. The other part, and this is where it really comes down to mood boosters as the next piece on this Thrive list, what can I do to support myself feeling better in this moment? So we start with how do I want to feel because it's important to know what does feeling better mean to you. But then when we break this sentence down, what can I do to support myself feeling better in this moment? What can I do? There's a sense of responsibility to support myself. It is incumbent upon each of us to be the hero in our own story, to look after and nurture ourselves. The ultimate disempowering notion is to think that we have to rely on somebody else to save us or that we have to rely on somebody or something else to make us feel good. We are in charge of that. We get to say we are in charge of our thoughts, we are in charge of our feelings. We can sometimes be spiked or triggered into feeling specific things based on circumstance. That's fine. But we have the ultimate control over what we feel, how we act, and what actions we take. So responsibility here is a key piece. To support myself feeling better in this moment. Now, this is the real crux of this sentence, and this is where mood boosters come into play as an amazing tool. We need to build awareness of those moments where we get taken out of play, those moments where we get sidelined, where we get flung across the room, metaphorically speaking, and and you know, where we get beaten down or where we get washed around or whatever. You know, pick pick your visual. The times in our life where we get thrown a curveball and we just don't feel like we're on top of it. 
for me, my first warning sign is that I start to frown my face. I feel heavy and I start to go into negative thought spirals. I often have an associated sense of anger or frustration or resentment, but typically it's it's whenever I feel like I've had an expectation of the world that hasn't been met or something has happened that I wasn't prepared for or I've just slipped into a very old, well-worn pathway in my mind and in my thoughts of I'm not good enough. In those moments, and they can happen in an instant, what I've been training myself to do is to catch myself in those moments, to truly identify, wow, this is actually feeling like crap. I don't feel real good right now. That first step, awareness and acknowledgement, very, very, very important. And that is a muscle and we can build it. Okay, but the most likely experience you'll have is, wow, where'd that last six hours go? Oh, I've been feeling like crap the whole time. Often we don't even have that awareness. So the first step here is to build that awareness. But mood boosters, once we start to catch ourselves in that moment, having a cheat sheet of things we can do to boost our mood, to help us feel better in the moment, so powerful, so, so profoundly powerful. I've got a whole stack on mine, all right? A cup of coffee, even if it's a decaf, amazing. That that helps me feel better. I just really savor the flavor of it, the taste, the little bit of a buzz from caffeine if I'm having that. Taking a shower, going for a walk, doing a meditation. There's a lot of parallels between my mood boosters and my certainty anchors, but, you know, flicking on my favorite music, which can vary day to day, you know, or, or albums that I find have always helped me feel good. You know, I've got a... um. I've got a playlist on my phone called Good Vibes Playlist. And it's just a collection of great tunes that have a really good beat, that have a very uplifting sort of vibe, positive lyrics, stuff I can sing along or dance around to. Those sorts of things, you know, doing a workout, going for a surf, um, having a conversation with a friend, those sorts of things inevitably take me out of my thought spiral, represents me in my body, help me recognize where my thoughts are a little askew, and then help me come out of that negativity or that spiral. So mood boosters are literally that. They are about boosting your mood. I mean, another name for this could be Energy Management 101, right? Because our energy, our vibration, our how we're showing up, the frequency that sort of stuff is really what this is all about. And we are only as good as, as the energy that we're showing up with in life, in relationships, in work, in creativity, with customers and clients, with our family. So what can you do in the moment? What are some things? And, and what's really powerful about this exercise, when you take the time in a happy or a calm or a relaxed moment, and just brainstorm what are some things you love doing that always leave you feeling better. Could be a one-minute exercise, could be a 20-minute or an hour-long experience. Whatever it is, list them all out. Put them all down on your mood boosters list. And then refer back to this. What's most powerful about this Thrive list is that you stick it up on the wall as a reminder. And that reminder can then go, ah, oh, I'm powerful enough to choose to do one of these things. I can go pick up the phone and talk to a friend. I can go for a walk. I can spend time in nature. I can do something 
for myself to help me feel better in this moment. I can shake off whatever it is that is currently bothering me. And as I've said, this is a muscle. This is a practice. This is something that you can do and get better at doing for yourself. You know, fall off the horse, get back on the horse, keep going. Or the bike or the surfboard, whatever metaphor or analogy you want to use. But mood boosters are a profoundly powerful tool to help you be your best in those moments where life chucks a curveball at you and you need to improvise. You need to lean on all of the Thrive List self-care steps, the steps we've been through in detail. Maybe you've taken a few certainty anchors. Maybe you're feeling really certain, but you're just finding, you know, your thoughts are a bit funky. You're just feeling a bit kind of drained or a bit low. Here's where mood boosters come into play. So what are you going to put on your list? What are you going to declare as your mood boosters? Take that time to brainstorm. And also, what are you going to put on your list for your certainty anchors? What rituals and routines help you feel a sense of comfort and a sense of certainty in your day-to-day? I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope that this becomes an integral part of your overall wellness practice or your your well-being kind of behaviors for yourself stay tuned for part two of the bonuses we're going to get into commitments and boundaries and with that we are going to be wrapping up this whole thrive methodology series i'm excited i hope you are i will see you on the next episode thanks for joining me for this episode of the illuminating lives podcast Please help me reach more people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones and leaving me a great five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, I work as a one-to-one coach and professional speaker, helping dads in business and leadership find more peace, feel less stress, and be the best parent, husband, and leader they can be. If you'd like to work with me or have me present to your organization, please contact me via my website or social media. All the links are in the show notes. Until next time... May you be free, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be loved, and may you live with ease.